From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Today's show is all about that bass. You can take that several ways. We'll be talking about the orchestral double bass as a solo instrument, something we don't often hear in concert settings. But it's also about a very specific bass with a very interesting history, including a visit from a benevolent ghost. Yep, the bass itself is visiting here on the BYU campus under lock and key. It's the famed Karl Kosovitsky double bass, the most famous in the world, actually, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes. But no instrument makes musical magic without an excellent player, and we have today two excellent musicians from Poland who are among the very best at what they do. Bogusław Furtak is the renowned principal bassist of the Frankfurt Radio Symphony Orchestra. He soloed with many prominent orchestras throughout the Europe and the U.S. Glad he's here today. And his musical partner since 1988 is Eva Varkiewicz, pianist, teaches chamber music and accompaniment at the Academy of Music in Katowice, and also teaches at the Frankfurt Musik Hochschule. She's a very active chamber music performer on the Polish music scene, as well as abroad. So a quick story to introduce our first piece, very famous piece for bass by Frank Proto, who found himself needing to perform a recital and not finding the perfect piece. So he wrote it. Sonata 1963 for double bass and piano. Thank you. 
Live on Highway 89 from Studio 6, you're listening to Sonata 1963 for Double Bass and Piano by Frank Proto, performed by our guests in studio today. And uh, Bogus uh, Furtok and Eva Varkiewicz, excellent performers. We're going to hear more of them together. But we have to also thank somebody else, another bass player, for making this all possible. Dr. Eric Hansen, Department Chair of String Performance, Associate Professor of Double Bass, and Director of the Symphony Orchestra in the School of Music here at Brigham Young University. Thanks for making this happen. You are welcome. It's our pleasure to be here. Now, this Kar Kosovitsky double bass, this is named after two people who have owned it and can, played can it. I, can I insert one thing? Please just do. About, uh, just for the listeners who don't know the double bass literature, they actually performed the second movement from a four-movement sonata. And the movement that they just heard is actually a complete and utter surprise because it's jazz. Uh And the other three movements are very much grounded in more of a classical, modern uh, timbre. And so the second movement uh, is very fun and very fitting. But uh, as far as I know, Frank is probably the first to write a sonata for classical, you know, graduate school, professional performance, whatever, that actually has this movement that's out of nowhere, suddenly the player puts his bow down and does that pits. Pizzicato, yeah. yes. Sorry to interrupt, but I thought that would be interesting for no, the listeners. No, good, good musicology there. But the history of the bass, you knew about this bass for quite some time. Oh, as bass players around the world, we all know about this bass because of its history. Sergei Kusevitsky, uh, a famed Russian virtuoso, uh, musician growing up in Russia in the late, uh, mid to late 18th century, uh, was making rounds around Russia, around Europe as a soloist and making his mark, doing things with the bass that uh, few people were doing, um, but also felt that his career would possibly go further as a conductor. Mm. And so he started to do both and get more and more involved in conducting. He and his wife, Olga, went to Paris and uh, uh, had some time there where he, he expanded his conducting even further. And I don't know the exact history by invitation or how, but he, they came to America in the very early 1900s where he took a position with the Boston Symphony. And he is revered and known in American music circles more as the uh, conductor, I think 20, 25 or 26 years, I believe, with the Boston Symphony. And he was a champion of new music. He commissioned and uh, asked for new works by people like Copeland, Bartok, and very, very influential. Um, and he had this bass, of course, with him all the time. And played it less and less as the years went by. He passed away in 1951, um, and then in the late 50s, 1959, 1960, I should be more exact on this, but uh, there was another young phenom of a bass player graduating from Juilliard School in New York um, named Gary Carr. Gary has the distinction of being the only bass player in history uh, who has earned his entire career as a bass soloist. Hmm. And the entire bass world knows Gary, and we're, we're indebted to him for what he has done for the bass over the last 60 years. Well, at this recital, um, Olga, Kusevitsky's widow, decides to go down from the Boston to see what all the buzz is about, about this young player. So she attends the recital. At the end of the recital, she goes backstage to congratulate him and asks for some personal space and tells him confidentially, she said during his recital, she saw the spirit of her husband standing behind Gary while he was playing and took that as a sign that Gary was to be bequested with this instrument. So for the next 45, almost 50 years, Gary had this instrument and toured the, year, toured the world, the U.S., all over. And we all know this bass as the Carr Kusevitsky bass. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, so how does one get the chance to bring it to the university here? I hear it drove in a car because it has had a plane accident before. That was part of the deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in 2004, Gary donated the instrument to the International Society of Bassists 
uh, an international organization based in Dallas. Um, Madeline is the uh, executive director, and I called her on the phone. Well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Bogus and I have been talking over internet and Skype, making plans for this visit. And uh, in one of our conversations, Bogu just, just very politely said, Eric, this will be the first time ever in my life that I have not played on my base. I don't want to travel. Um, I'm concerned about the quality of the instrument. <clears throat> and I said, no, no worries. I have some students that have some very nice instruments. The Utah Symphony players here, they have some nice instruments. I thought we could find one that w- would suit him. And just a day or two later, this little bell went off in my head, and I thought, wait a minute. So I called Madeline in Dallas. I said, Madeline, what's the, what are the chances that we could have the Karkusevitsky bass for a week in October? <laughs> and she said, well, she looked at the schedule. She says, nobody wants it right now. Why don't you uh, take it for a month? So I, the agreement was that I go down and pick it up. Mm-hmm. She said, if you'll come down and drive it, there's no issues because it is a concern with hauling bases on a plane. Um, so I drove down with my son. We went and picked it up, and it's been here for three weeks. Students are playing it. People from the community come by and play it. Everybody's so excited to have it. And when I got it, oh, uh, sorry, when I finished the conversation with Madeline, I immediately emailed Bogush. Mm-hmm. And I said, when can you Skype? I want to talk to you face-to-face because I wanted to see his reaction <laughs> when, uh, when I told him. And so I got him on Skype, and uh, I said, I have a surprise for you. Guess which bass we have for you to play? And he said, what? And I said, the Karkusevitsky bass. Long pause. He just looked at me over to Skype. Are you kidding? I said, no. <laughs> really? No, he was absolutely ecstatic. So we're really thrilled to have um, him here. And there's actually, he has a, a very good story that when he gets the microphone, maybe he can share about the bass and Gary Carr. It's kind of a full circle that we didn't know about being here at this time. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, let's hear some more music before we talk. This piece, a beautiful piece by Giovanni Bottasini. This is called Elegy.
So beautifully played. You could at various moments think you were hearing a cello, a viola, almost a violin on some of those high notes played off the fingerboard right up to, is it, is it called the frog? <laughs> Just amazing, amazing. Elegy by Giovanni Bottasini, performed by Bogoslav Furtak, our guest in studio today, principal bassist of the Frankfurt Radio Symphony Orchestra. Thank you for coming and playing. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation. Is this your first time to play this bass? This is my first time to play this bass. This is my first time to be in the States. Ah. It's very excited. <laughs> Great. We're so happy to have Thank you. you. Thank you. Now, when you play this bass to get the high notes, I see that you have to lean over so far. Yes. Almost bending double. Is it, does that hurt your back? Of course. That's, <laughs> we are, that's our life. Bass players mm. do, does, do it every day. So, well, our backs are better. Don't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> when you first started playing this bass, uh, what did you have to learn about it to be able to play it well? This bass is a bit smaller than mine. Uh, I thought, well, my bass is also small, so I thought it should be should be possible to mm -hmm. to be able to play on it somehow. Well, in three days, I had just three days time. To learning this instrument, uh, it was more complicated than I thought, and it was really a fight in in my head how to change my 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 movements, my hands, mm. uh, bowing and and fingers. Everything is different. To be able to do these colors or this kind of uh, playing, what what I do, what I like, not easy. Well, I understand you started off as a piano player, very young. Well, I just, my sister played piano and we had music at home and then that was the instrument we had in the living room. I have played every day, hours, piano. And then when I went to music school, I was nine and the school director said, well, he's too old for piano. He's too old for violin. We have, uh, you have possibility only for bass on percussion. So I look at my mom, my mom look at me and what to do now. Okay, let's play, let's take bass. It's just an instrument, not like percussion. We had mm -hmm. no idea. So I started bass. <laughs> and I read that you were sort of scared by the bass. Of course, I was crying. It was so big? Uh, it or? was big and it was, oh, it was not my choice. And <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine to make music on this big cupboard, this big thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But now I'm very happy. Oh, and you play it so, so beautifully. Thank you. Now, I've, you have a lot of music on YouTube. Yes. So it's right. been a lot of fun to see some of what your arrangements are. And you actually have a group, uh, the Flying Basses. Yes. Four basses that play together. And I was listening to your arrangement of New York, New York. Yeah, that's right. And it really works. <laughs> Thank you. Well, th these are my colleagues from my orchestra, Frankfurt Radio Symphony. Mm -hmm. <sighs> First we played, it was 2002, on the orchestra party. I thought, let's do something funny. And I arranged Star Wars for four basses. <laughs> it was a big success. Nobody expected this four basses amplified. It was really loud and sounded like London Symphony Orchestra, <laughs> only four basses. And then we thought, well, it, it works. Let's try to continue and to arrange and look for music. And then I started to compose for a bass quartet with many concerts. We recorded a CD. It's a big fun. Well, I have to ask, when you played in an orchestra as a young man, you must have had very simple parts. Of course. When did you start thinking, 
this could be a solo instrument. Well, our education in Poland is more soloistic than orchestra. Mm. So we are all soloists. Then it's a problem when you finish the school, what to do, because everyone wants to be a soloist. And as a bass player, you must have a job. You, you must work in orchestra mm -hmm. or be a teacher to be a soloist. There was only one, Gary Carr. <laughs> uh, so after study, uh, I got a scholarship in, in Frankfurt. I went to Frankfurt, and the first question of my teacher was, do you want to work in orchestra? I said, oh, I, I don't know. So you go back to Poland if you don't know. Aha, I realized that's my way, and I'm mm -hmm. very, very happy I could... I got this job in a fantastic orchestra. What was your connection with Gary Carr that uh, Eric didn't know here <laughs> at BYU? I never met him, but I, I knew his recordings. Once he was in Poland, it was, I think, 84, 85. He played with a Polish Radio Chamber Orchestra. It was live broadcasted on TV. I knew already his, his recordings, uh, old recordings. and. And I saw this man for the first time with this magical instrument. I fall in love and I thought, my God, is it, will it be possible to touch this instrument? <laughs> After this time it happened, I'm so happy. Oh, well, uh, that is so wonderful to hear that dream coming true. It's Absolutely. a dream come true for us to get to hear you play and play it so beautifully. I understand you have also written a group of music called Three pieces for four basses. Yes. So you're still even writing for that ensemble. Absolutely. It makes fun. Well, we're thrilled to be able to... Will this be a radio premiere for this next work, The Fantasy for Two Basses? Yes. This, that is, yesterday was the world premiere. Yesterday was the world <laughs> premiere. Today will be the broadcast premiere. Okay. So uh, we'll let you take your places. We're going to hear a piece written especially for this BYU Performance Week from Bogoslav Furtak. It's the Fantasy for Two Basses and Piano. He's performing here with Dr. Eric Hansen of the BYU School of Music, joining also on bass and accompanied by Eva Varakiewicz. <laughs>
have just heard a piece just barely written, and it's broadcast premiere here, Fantasy for Two Bases and Piano by Bogoslav Furtok, performing with Eric Hansen, the BYU School of Music, here coming to you live on Highway 89. Well done. What a beautiful piece. Oh, thank you. So many contrasts and so much great melodic material. Very thank beautiful. You. Thank you. We were looking online, and we could see a, cup, a couple of co- comments from around the world, people who have watched your YouTube videos. And one of them says, uh, he's from France, C'est formidable. It sings the most expressive bass I've ever heard. Oh. Very nice. <laughs> and from other places around the world, certified intergalactic. Well, maybe you even have an audience beyond the World Wide Web. (laughs) And another says, this is lovely beyond words. So you're definitely finding an audience for the bass. Thank you. you. Beautifully done. Uh, How did you and your musical partner, your wife, meet? Well, we met us at school. It was 88. She was was a pianist, and she played mostly with violin, violinist. And uh, I wanted to go to a competition, and I was looking for a good piano player. So I asked her, would you like to play with a bass player? She, hmm, I don't know. You know, <laughs> bass, okay, okay. Give me the chance, please. Let's, let's try to practice a bit. And, well, it happened. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Thank you for coming, playing, and for premiering what you did for us here today. Bogoslav Furtak, double bass, Eva Varakiewicz, pianist, and Eric Hansen from the BYU School of Music, bass player. Thank you, Dr. Hansen, for helping this happen. I just wanted to jump in and say this is a special day. This is the one-month anniversary of their wedding. Oh, my goodness. After so many years of working together, they were married (laughs) one month ago today. Congratulations. Thank you. If you are listening at home, if you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the first part or share it, it's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. And follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite, and the show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.